amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dan Dan Tony Sports. My name is Dan Snyder, joined tonight by Tony Casper and Dan Beebe. Dan O'Shea will be joining us by phone momentarily. We've got a, a big show tonight. Going to talk uh, NBA draft. We're going to talk NBA honors, the award ceremony. We're going to talk Sunbelt Conference, because it's that time of the year, football season. Only uh, only nine more weeks until football. Yeah. Time to start, uh, time to start uh, preparing for it now. But we're going to start tonight the same way we start every night, and that is with our pigskin poetry. Last year was the season of the backup QB. So many starters went down with an injury. Tannehill had fallen, and then Cutler came in. Bradford went down, and Keenum started to win. Bridgewater came back slow, with very good reason. Andrew Luck missed an entire season. Watson was the backup, but week two he got the start. But too bad his ACL isn't as strong as his heart. I'm so sick of hearing, fly Eagles fly. But give Philly credit, Wentz is the guy. Carr is just a train wreck, and I'm worried about his health. One thing he doesn't worry about, though, is his money and wealth. But all these guys are set, and they should be ready to go. Now you just gotta hope that they don't come back and blow. So many big, big names went down with injury last season, uh, especially at the quarterback position, as I had named... You had Deshaun Watson, you had Carson Wentz, you had Ryan Tannehill. So many injuries that it really, uh, you know, really helped out the backup quarterbacks because you saw Nick Foles win a Super Bowl. You saw Case Keenum come close to getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, You saw uh, Jay Cutler not leave with some made-up injury. Which is surprising. Usually his pinky goes out halfway through the year. If if he even lasts half the season. That, I mean, I was being generous, but... I mean, and he, like I said before on this podcast, in all fairness, he tried to retire. He did try to retire. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Uh, yep, so... <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, going to be back for the Dolphins... Uh, Deshaun Watson going to be back for the Texans. Teddy Bridgewater is now a Jet. Sam Bradford's out in Arizona. Uh, who else did I have on there? Carson Wentz. He's the guy in Philly. So, backup quarterbacks really, like I said, were helped out a lot this season. Uh, but anyways, we're not going to talk about the NFL yet. We're going to save that for a few weeks. What we are going to talk about, though, is uh, the NBA Honors. Those of you who don't know, last night is when the NBA MVP, which wasn't Lon's Goat Ball, whatever, uh, and Coach of the Year and all of those 
different awards were given out. And let's just say quite a few people, myself included, were extremely surprised with a lot of the results. Um, don't understand what happened. Uh, I do know, however, that the best moment in sports for the entire year happened last night when Charles Barkley was up on stage talking, talking like his usual drunkard, awful self, and uh, he caught the attention of Bill Russell. And, Tony, what did Bill Russell do? Flipped him off. Gave him the... Right on the top, right in front of the camera. Gave him the finger. And uh, (laughs) Dan Beebe... Was this visible on TV? It was. It was. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. It was visible on TV. Yep, right in front of the camera. It's like the camera panned to him right at the right moment. It, it did. It's awesome. I, I have so much more respect for Bill Russell now. Bill Russell's response was, it's just my natural reaction when I see Charles Barkley to flip him off. That should be everyone's natural reaction to seeing Charles Barkley. It would be my reaction if I saw him in front of me in a golf course. Because I, I'm, I know this is going to take all day. No, natural reaction would be like, yo, I got, I got $5,000 because you can't hit a hole-in-one. Um, He'll take I mean, that bet. Yeah, probably. But he, it's the best bet in the world. He'll take that bet. And the best thing is you won't have to pay because he'll accidentally get a piece of the ball and it's going to go 12 feet. Yeah, that's fair. I'd ask him, I'd be like, yeah, I'll give you ten grand to get a hole-in-one in this hole. It's a par five. Well, what are you, bitch? I'm sure he would take that bet. Yeah, that's, again, I just have to coax him into it. Yeah, I knew you were a sissy. I could tell from watching on TV play basketball. Yeah, I'm, you can say a lot of things about Charles Barkley, but calling him a sissy while he played is just factually incorrect. You're absolutely right, but the fact of the matter is I need to win this bet, and I need him to commit to it. I need a firm handshake here. That's a good point. Or just a verbal, you got it. That'll do. Uh, speaking of things that are factually incorrect, do you know who won MVP last night? Somebody who didn't deserve it. Somebody who didn't deserve it is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Jimmy Harden, I guess. Can I, can I call him Jimmy? I don't know. I don't give a shit what you call him. Jimmy, I'm going to go with Jimmy Harden. I mean, it, I don't know. I don't think it should have gone to him. Although I do find it crazy that, like, out of the last five years, like, three of the MVPs, or maybe it's going back a little bit longer, we're all on the same team at one point. Yeah, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and now... James Harden. James yeah. Harden. And the only one still in KC is Russell Westbrook. You have... You have one more player that needs to win an MVP from that group. Who? Serge Ibaka. That's never going to happen. Serge Ibaka. That's never going to happen. He could win like a Europe or like a Russian basketball league MVP. He's not Russian. Okay, He's it like doesn't Ugandan. it doesn't matter. Pick another continent and have a basketball league there. He might win that MVP. Do you think he wins the MVP of the JBL? I don't see how you couldn't. I'm pretty sure anyone could. I, all you got to do is be able to outshoot Leangelo, Jello as we're going to call him, goes uncontested four for 20 from three. Oh, don't worry about that. We will get to that family later. Will we now? Oh, yes. I can assure you. Okay. I can assure you. Uh, <laughs> Fuck them. 
Tony, big fan of uh, of Leangelo Ball. I'm not a fan of the Ball family, period. The only one I can stand is the only one that deserves to be mentioned. And that is? Lonzo. He's the only one with talent enough to actually be there. And he's the only one that I mildly respect. And that's mainly because he doesn't even say anything. Because <laughs> his dad talks for him. Says too much. Yeah, alright. So, more more awards that were shocking. Because Actually, this league doesn't make any sense anymore to me. Before before we get to the awards that were shocking, two things. One, uh, just want to give a shout out. Not a clue. Hey guys, uh, not a clue. Said Reggie Ray. I smell a bet. <laughs> In response to uh, to uh, our bet with um, <laughs> Charles Barkley, I think he should take it as a betting man. As a betting man, I see it paying off. The second thing, I still think LeBron should have won. MVP, but I do have, according to ESPN, their season stats, and I mean it's not a huge difference. Uh, so points, James Harden has the edge, thirty point four to LeBron's twenty seven point five. Remember, this is regular season, not including the postseason, where LeBron scored eighty like twenty seven times. Um, rebounds, big advantage to LeBron, eight point six to five point four. Steals, James Harden has the advantage, 1.8 to 1.4. Free throw percentage, James Harden has the advantage, 85.8% uh, to 73.1% for LeBron. Assists goes to LeBron, 9.1 to 8.8. Blocks goes to LeBron, 0.9 per game to Harden's 0.7. Field goal percentage to LeBron, 54.2% uh, to Harden's 44.9. And 3. Percentage, excuse me, three-point percentage, deadlocked, even, 36.7% for both. <coughs> okay. First of all, LeBron had those average statistics over ten more games as well. Right. Didn't miss a single game. And not to mention, okay, you have Kevin Love and you got Chris Paul. So those can roughly be canceled out. Not even close. Chris Paul's much better. Chris Paul's higher level. Right. So, even more damaging, but for sake of argument, I'm going to have those two cancel each other out. The rest of Cleveland was a bag of dicks in comparison to a team that was actually pretty solid. They just didn't play defense. I mean, it depends on what you're looking at because Cleveland did have good players that step up. Um, what's his name? George Hill. Uh, he stepped up quite a bit. Right, but I'm say- but I'm saying if you're going to compare the stats in that scenario, I mean, the, I guess the argument is if we do break down the team, but who's more valuable to his team? James Harden in those 72 games or LeBron in the 82? Because they had to struggle to get to the playoffs. Obviously, it's LeBron. Obviously, LeBron. Uh, and... Breaking news coming out of Not a Clue podcast. Austin Rivers, Austin just, Rivers just traded to the Wizards for Marcin Gortat. Mm. Thank you for breaking that news on our show, Not a Clue. We gave you credit, though. All right. So the next uh, award, Rookie of the Year. Now, this is the one that pisses me off the most. What is a rookie? I know, but it's... It's following it's following MLB rules now. You have to you have to play a certain amount of games for you to be considered your rookie season. 
And, I mean, I still think it actually should have been Donovan Mitchell. He's the better player! Arguably, yes. I mean, he also decided to take Utah on his back, and now they're going to be garbage because they got Grayson Allen, and he sucks. What are you talking about? You're tripping if you think no, Ray- he's tripping. Oh, all the I, time. I misspoke. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I mean, Ben Simmons, yeah, he had a great season. I mean, technically, you could call it his rookie season, but I still think Mitchell outperformed him in that in that category. I mean, at the very least, I would have made it. I would have allowed it to be a dual rookie of the year if you wanted to go with Simmons, because they both had pretty pretty impressive years. I I'm calling it now. If this were the NFL, one hundred percent. What's his name? Deshaun Watson, rookie of the year, next season. That's how it should be. It should be, but that's not how the NFL operates. The, oh, because they actually do something that makes sense. The NBA goes by the same rules that Major League Baseball does. If you didn't play in a certain amount of games, you're not eligible for the award. It's not considered a full season that you've played. That's how Aaron Judge was able to get it last year, even though he was brought in towards the end of the year before and couldn't didn't have enough time to win Rookie of the Year, yet he somehow won it last year. Stupid. I mean, that's that's even worse than something like Simmons, who didn't even play the year before. At all. Yeah, well... I mean, there's more of an argument there, rather than somebody, oh, well, they came in late, so they didn't really get a chance to qualify, so they could do it again next year. That was just a practice run. I think if you are on an active roster, then you are a part of that team. And, and so you can Simmons, make that argument, but I mean, if you're on, can't can be considered active if you're not active. But the roster is. What the f- does that mean? It just means that there's a piece of paper that's active that has names on it. What the f- are you talking about? The active no, the roster doesn't do anything. The active roster is the team that is playing. Mm-hmm. So, for example, an inactive roster in professional baseball would be your triple, double, single A. Those are the inactive roster. Okay. And in NBA, G League's your inactive roster. Okay. The active roster means you're with the pro team. Right. You are on that team. Yes, you're a member of that team. So if he were in the G League and then came up this year and then won it while he was He dressed, wasn't playing. That he was on the team, though. Regardless. Right, but if you're not playing, you're not considered active. You're on a disabled list, for lack of a better term. But you're still on the main roster. But you can't play. That's not the point. That's not the argument I'm making. Yeah, I know what the argument you're making. You're just stupid argument. But I know what one you're making because you're you're saying because he's on a piece of paper but physically can't walk on his in foot, he's considered active on a team. I'm sorry. My idea of active is you actually have to actively do something. No, that's a yes. That's a crock of shit. What are you talking about? There's no statistics. The guy that's a backup long snapper is is considered active, but he's not going to be eligible to win awards because he's not doing anything. That doesn't make him a rookie. So, you're, by your standards, Ben Simmons' rookie season was complete zeros. He didn't play in any game, didn't do anything. Exactly. That statistics are not even going to do that. That's not considered your rookie year because you didn't play. So then Pat Mahomes is a rookie. 
Pat Mahomes did play. Did he? Did yes, he get at in? the end of the season. Oh, okay. All right. So then any quarterback, any player who... Let's see. No, 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 no. No, I'm not going to have this argument with you because I already know where you're going with it. Where am I going? Any rookie that's sitting on... Okay, let's just take, for example, Kyle Aletta. It would be his first season. You want to know why? Because he could actually step onto a fucking field. Ben Simmons couldn't step onto the court because it was a medical risk. There's no way that he could have actually played. Then he shouldn't have been on the main roster. I don't know the reason being why that was set up that way, but it doesn't change the fact that one person is capable of doing something versus another person who literally physically is incapable of playing. And that's how he started the season. If he got injured mid-season but hadn't come in yet, I don't... I hate you would argument. consider that not his rookie season? No, no. I would say that he would have... There was no chance he was playing, and they knew that right from the get-go. Okay. He shouldn't have been on the main roster. There, I'm sure there's some reason that he was listed on the main roster. Maybe it was the hope that he will be back. I don't know the reasoning. Again, I don't work in the front office for an NBA team, so I don't know the reasoning that they did that. But you don't. if you had the opportunity to have an open roster spot for a player that can physically play, you would do that. It would make no sense not to do that. I'm pretty sure, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was listed out for season. I think there was no hope of him coming or playing. Again, but what I'm saying is if he could have regulated someone to a G League and had somebody brought up or got another free agent, why wouldn't you do that? There's got to be some reason to why that happened that way. But him being physical, and it doesn't matter, because then he would have been in the G League, which he would have been doing the same damn thing as what he was doing in the NBA, which is literally sitting there, and yet, because he was in the G League during that, now it's all of a sudden different. I get it. I get it. I know why it happened. Because the 76ers wanted him on the roster so they didn't get a decent free agent that fucks things up for them. The process. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess if you're going to look at it that way. I mean, I don't know. This guy had Twitters he didn't even know about. So I can't say that this thing was functioning properly. It certainly wasn't a whoa machine. You got extra buttons and switches in there you don't even know you have. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyways. Uh, it's like a, I mean, it's like one of those driving instructor cars. Your wife's got a wheel on the other side. You didn't know she'd been driving for the last mile. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, Donovan Mitchell was screwed out of the Rookie of the Year. It went to Jason Tatum. Just kidding. It went to <laughs> went to Ben Simmons. Should have gone to uh, should have gone to Donovan Mitchell. I have a problem with Ben Simmons, and the problem is whose number are you using? Uh, the problem is. Um, he is a point guard, right? That's his position? I I mean, they were using him as a point guard. I don't think he actually is a point guard. I want to say he's a small forward or shooting guard. So if he's But he's better with the ball in his hands. Okay, so if he's playing the point, if he is playing the point, shouldn't he have a jump shot? Not necessarily. Point guards are facilitators. They're not... 
scores, and typically with a point guard, they're more of a drive to the basket scorer, which is exactly what he was. Shooting guard is actually in the fucking name. Point guard is running the point. You're not asking a quarterback to run the ball. I mean, you asked Deshaun Watson to run the ball, as we are now joined by Dan O'Shea. Dan, how are you doing tonight? Good, how are you guys? Doing well. Wonderful. Hang on one second, Dan. You're right. Deshaun Watson is running the ball because there's no one to run the ball in Houston. Well, that's not true. There's Deshaun Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Because I was going to say, if you said blue... No, Alfred, Alfred Blue is is, is a good short yardage, tough run guy. Yeah. He's serviceable. He's not. He's not like terrible. No, he's he's not terrible. Um, right, but you, the point guard—that's what their job is. Does he need a jump shot? Obviously, before he becomes dominant. But everything else he did, defensive wise, rebounding at that position—I mean, he was. Putting up numbers the entire year. Did he have to drive to get his points? You bet, because he wasn't pulling up from anywhere. That's, yeah, there's no threat. And I think, which is why LeBron going to Philadelphia made sense. Who better to learn a jump shot from than LeBron? Well, he had to learn a jump shot. He, his range wasn't always there. He was just big, physical, and... He had to develop his shot over time and made it better. That would actually help Simmons because Simmons is almost the exact same body type. That being said, Mitchell, as far as r- rookie of the year, he he made Utah relevant because Utah was not going to be relevant. The most relevancy Utah has was they got they didn't get Gordon Hayward. Yeah, Ricky Rubio. <laughs> well, Ricky Rubio is an okay point guard. Okay. Relax, Minnesota. I said okay. I didn't say he was great. Yeah, I know, but pump the brakes. Uh, so we're gonna just recap: James Harden MVP, Ben Simmons Rookie of the Year. Let's move on to Coach of the Year. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, my uncle Quinn Snyder. No. It wasn't Brad Stevens. It was the man who is not on the team anymore that he was last year. Dwayne Casey is your coach of the year. Really funny, though, is that he got fired by Toronto. So Toronto fired the coach of the year. You can't, you can't even, like, write that. Like, that, that's, just, that's just beautiful. I kind of feel like they did it to stick it to Toronto. I mean, <laughs> kind of. I mean, it, it just shows... It, if I'm a Toronto fan... It doesn't give me faith in what the organization is doing. No, and I had a conversation with a co-worker earlier today. What it does is it reaffirms one thing in my mind. That there was hell to pay and someone had to pay it. And the team cared more about Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan than they did about the head coach. Yeah, but arguably the head coach got you that position. Whose fault it lies that you got beat up by Cleveland is a question for the entire team as itself. The team who quit? The players? But you got there to this point based on the work the players put in, but also the coaching. So why would you fire somebody who got you to this point? Because what do you think is going to happen next year? If they don't respect the coach or the coach doesn't have a good game plan, they're not in that position next year. No. No. So I I don't understand 
This isn't the first time that I've witnessed a coach being fired and then winning coach of the year. I don't remember how long ago it was, but back in the day, uh, Maryland football fired their head coach, Ralph Friedgen, and then Ralph Friedgen won ACC coach of the year. So, this isn't the first time, and I'm sure it won't be the last. No, no, it definitely won't, because why would things make sense with basketball? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, next... well, let me say this. Do you guys agree with uh, with his firing? No. No. Okay. So, so we're all on the same page there. It's, it's you know, I get being frustrated that, you know, you got dominated by LeBron. But when you're going, you know, second round into the playoffs consistently – and you know you're you're first in the weren't they weren't they first in the East? Yes. Or were they second? No, they were first. Yeah, that's that's not when you fire the coach. You know, you might need to retool a couple of things, but you're you're you know right there. You're a, a real contender. Um, so I think you know Dwayne Casey was a was a good contender for Coach of the Year. Um, I'm not that surprised that he won it. And uh, I think Toronto made a mistake. They did. The wrong head rolled. It should have been probably Kyle Lowry. Is my guess. I think DeMar DeRozan's the one that's more important in Toronto. But, you know, the coach isn't the one that quit after that game one loss. That was the entire Raptors minus Clint Capella. Yeah. Right. I mean, it is what it is. The NBA made it a point to point out the Raptors' idiocy in this whole process. So, I mean, the NBA did something right that night. Yeah. So, I'll give them credit there. The rest of it was a sham. So, so far, I I think we all agree Dwayne Casey should have been Coach of the Year. Yep. I mean, if not him, Brad Stevens was a good pick. Quinn Snyder, eh, Whatever. But I think Dwayne Casey was the right pick. Definitely deserving. Maybe LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Le, le coach, as as I think he likes to be called. Probably. <laughs> well, who won clipboard holder of the year? That was Ty Lue, right? Oh, absolutely. No doubt. Wasn't even a contest. Not even close. Uh, but anyways, the next one that I disagree with Defensive Player of the Year. How the hell was that not AD? How did Anthony Davis and the Brow not win Defensive Player of the Year? I'm not taking anything away from Rudy Gobert. He's good. He's a good basketball player. But Anthony Davis is making it cool to play defense again. I mean, that's what he does. He's a very big, imposing human being, and he's not going to make your life easy. Um, I mean... I just want to I point out really, really sorry, really quickly. Didn't mean to cut you off, Tony. The guy who just won the episode of Jeopardy won with one thousand one hundred twenty-nine dollars. The person who comes in third place gets a thousand. The person who comes in second place gets two thousand. He got less money than the second place player did, but he Still won. wins. Still wins. Still wins because he was the last one standing. But he gets, he, yeah, that is kind of gets, contradictory. He gets almost $900 less. Yeah, but he gets to come back tomorrow. 
But yeah. you have to try and make more. And get, get wrecked by someone else. Holy as hell. Alright. Uh, so, going back to what we were saying. Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year. I have nothing against Rudy Gobert, but it should have been, it should have been Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, without uh, Kawhi Leonard in the league, is like the epitome of defense. Right? Agreed. Yeah, uh, Gobert's a great defender, though. So I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't hate the pick. Um, they do, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, kind of tend to pick a DPOY that that is, you know, more defensive, like minded solely, kind of, rather than some of those two way players. So that might have that might have, uh, you know, influenced the pick, like because Gobert is. You know, he's okay on offense, but he's really good on defense, whereas uh, Davis is really good on both ends. That is 100% factual. The last the last time I... Or not the last time. The last three uh, awards, the MVP, the rookie, and coach, I'm less confused by and was either in agreement with or angry at. I'm just confused by Rudy. I, I get that he's a very good defender. He is. Like I said, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad choice. I just don't think it was the right choice. And, and I'm confused as to why Anthony Davis got absolutely no votes for MVP. He is not the defensive player of the year. So, like, he's being, I don't want to say punished, but he's not being rewarded for being the most dynamic player Outside of LeBron in the NBA this year. I mean, he's... He is extremely talented, and I feel like he's overlooked because he... One, where he plays, and two, he's not very outspoken about anything. He just kind of goes about his business, which is extremely admirable, but... In senses like this, where voting is required, he doesn't jump to the forefront of voters' minds. Although he should. I mean, if they're basing this off basketball talent and merit, that's how it should be. But there is the outside element of, I mean, the squeakiest wheel gets the grease. So, And we all know that James Harden is, in fact, squeaky. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh man, can I just say I hated the end of his, uh, his speech? He ended it with, swag! Oh. Like, come on. Come on. Wept. The best thing that he has ever done is that commercial where he sings, I wear my shirt open so you see my chest, girl. That's the best thing he's ever done. 100%. And I'm sure Christine's up there laughing right now. Because that's being nice. Yeah. To him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't believe it's been nine years since he's been drafted, though. That is kind of crazy. Isn't it? Like, that beard... Just it, it's nine years old. The NBA beard. Well, we know he's never winning DPOY. Oh my god! Oh, there's no chance. He's gonna win it next year, though. No, he'll have one block, and he's gonna win it. If he has one block, he'll win Most Improved Player after winning the MVP. That's <laughs> for being better on defense. That's a good point, Tony. Ah. Oh, God. You went from MVP to most improved player because you actually played D. 
Good yeah. effort. <laughs> Good effort. One block. And, and it was on uh, and it's on Lonzo. Yeah. He's one of the shortest players in the league. It's like that episode of Family Guy where Suey just kicks the soccer ball a little bit and gets player of the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Anyways. Speaking of most improved, I don't have a problem with this pick. I think he is one of the most improved. I just the only problem that I have is I don't think that he was bad to begin with. So how Victor Oladipo is most improved, I, I'm a little confused by. It, but I like Victor. Good for him. I, well, I think it's because he went from you know uh, rookie, and you know uh, he wasn't like first pick overall or anything. He went, I think he went decently late in the draft to you know what looks like he'll be a perennial all star. So I think that's I think that's a good improvement. Yeah, I agree with the, that pick in 100%. No problems. I mean, I, I, I guess biggest surprise in that case, I, I just don't think I just don't think that he was bad enough to where his play this year warrants most improved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, after last year, I mean, people were considering, was he worth that high of a pick, even though it wasn't overwhelmingly high? It, will he ever live up to his potential? People were questioning all of that. And then he went from, is he going to be considered a bust later on unless, or is he just going to be a position player, to, nope, he's actually an all-star. I mean, that's a pretty big jump. I guess I guess that's a good point. Uh, we got another message coming in from our friends at Not A Clue. Uh not a clue podcast said Harden had fifty blocks this season. Yes, we know, we know. We're we're making jokes. It's gonna take fifty one. Yeah, fifty one. And he said they said one hundred and twenty eight steals as well. Yeah, I mean a lot of those are probably gimme steals that really were poked out by Chris Paul and he just gathered the ball. But no, we're we're just he doesn't play defense. You put anyone in front of him. Like, I could probably beat him in a game of one-on-one. I don't think so. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just, he doesn't play defense. And that anything that people are saying is wrong with the NBA these days, it's him. It's him. All he wants to do is score. At least Steph Curry tries to play defense. He's not good at it. But he tries. Hmm. But, anyways, getting off of James Harden, most improved Victor Oladipo. We got two more awards to talk about. This one, I think, was probably the best pick. Sixth man, Lou Williams. Yeah. Who else? Who else could it have been? Yeah, I like, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, I don't think they're... It's, people would have been more irate if that didn't happen than some of the other ones. I, I I can't even think who would be a better six man of the year. No, I couldn't. I couldn't give you a name right off the bat that would be better than Lou. No, I I feel like this award should be called the the Lou Williams Award. It pretty much was <laughs> most uh, most of the year, so deserving. Yeah, uh, and then we have the Lifetime Achievement Award, which went to Oscar Robertson. So. That's fair. Yeah, that's, you know, very solid pick for a lifetime achievement. 
Anybody saying that that's not deserving, then, I don't know, read a history book about the NBA. <laughs> I mean, Oscar Robinson deserves a Lifetime Achievement Award. He was certainly very good. Of course. He absolutely was. And, again, the highlight of the entire evening was that Charles Broccoli got flipped the bird. Let us let us not forget. By, <laughs> by an absolute legend. Yes. Yes. I mean... I think he was just showing him I have more rings on my middle finger than you have on any of your hands. It, it had to be what it is, right? I mean, it would make sense. That's what he was doing, just trying to show off his rings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Anyways, those were the NBA honors, or dishonors, if you look at it the way I do. <laughs> so, sticking with the NBA... NBA draft was uh, on Thursday. A couple things to note. Uh, one, local product from Shen, Kevin Herter, drafted 22nd overall. He has the unfortunate experience of playing basketball for the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I guess there is one good thing coming out of this, though. He doesn't have to play for Mike Budenholzer. So... Kevin Herter played at Maryland, drafted to the Atlanta Hawks in the first round. All right. Number one overall pick was uh, DeAndre Ayton from Arizona. I don't think we should be too surprised by that. No, we shouldn't. He's been in the forefront of a lot of people's minds for a long time. Herter was actually 19th overall. Was he 19? Yes, and there's a funny story about Sorry. that. Because they were about... Because I read a story that the Hawks were about to trade up to 17 because they wanted Herder. And then they found out through social media who... the I believe it was Minnesota. <coughs> I'm not 100% sure. They found out through social media who Minnesota was going to take while they were in the negotiation to trade the pick. And then when they realized it wasn't Herder... They knew the next team after that wasn't taking him. So they went, oh, no, never mind, no deal. Nice. So there you go, social media. You screwed out your team of getting a trade that probably would have helped them. Yeah. I mean, who knows what that could have led to. But uh, Kevin Herter playing in Atlanta. Let me ask you this question. Will he have a better NBA career than other local product Jimmer Fredette? I mean, it's hard not to. It's You're I right. Mean, that's the best I can say. If I was a betting man, I'd bet on the fact that this kid is now just coming into the league and he doesn't really have to get far over a bar to surpass that, so I'd go with the new kid. Okay. All right. That's, that's a very fair assessment by our, our uh, good friend Tony Casper. Uh, the new Not A Clue podcast, guys, man, they're just blowing us up tonight, aren't they? Uh, they said, there you go, haha, 51 blocks would do it. Uh, and I'm, I'm out, you guys. Have a good one. Keep having a good show. Thank you for listening, Not A Clue podcast. If you don't know about Not A Clue podcast yet, you should. Look for them on Twitter at Not A Clue pod. A bunch of, or a bunch, yeah, there's two of them. A couple mm-hmm. of great guys, Brad and CD, for those of you who don't know, I went 
to go visit them and did a show with them. They're great hosts. Awesome, awesome show. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, yeah. Like AJ Styles. Better than AJ Styles. <laughs> so Dan, Dan O'Shea. Yeah. As a, as a Knicks fan, how did the Knicks do in the draft? Uh, they did okay. Um, I'm not super, you know, super excited about Knox, but at the same time, you know, I could be, I could be wrong. He, he, you know, he's got a high ceiling. Um, I don't know that he'll live up, he'll live up to that ceiling. Um, I do know that a lot of the talk about drafting him was that he can play pretty much one through four, um, uh, well, maybe not one, but he can play like two through four, and he can guard one through four. Um, I was watching some highlights of him. Um, he, you know, he looks like he could absolutely, you know, kill it if he's in the right mindset, in the right, uh, with the right team, and you know, maybe that is this team. He looks like he could be at, at minimum a great three and D guy, which you know the Knicks. Uh, which every team always needs a few of. Um, and then uh, he also looks like he can create his own shot. Um, I know a lot of people were, were pulling for uh, Michael Porter Jr., but I understand the injury concerns uh, in such a young guy. Uh, so I know I know why. You know, I, I don't blame the Knicks for not taking him there. Um, I thought they were going to go with one of the Bridges, uh, Mikel or uh, Michael. Um, but Knox shows flashes of, you know, that he can create his own shot. Uh, he's one of the youngest players in the draft. So, you know, I think that he can really, really grow with, uh, with a bunch of pros around him. Um, good defender, not great, but, you know, has the tools to, to, to become one. Um, and, in a lot of ways, he reminds me of a of an unpolished uh, Jason Tatum, which is you know obviously a very uh, very high calling, but uh, I, I could see him becoming that if he if he lives up to all of his potential. So I just realized the Knicks' mo is to draft the youngest player available, right? YPA, right? They drafted Kristaps uh, Porzingis really young. They drafted. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, French, the French prince of Madison Square, uh, Frank Nilakina, who is 19, uh, and they drafted uh, uh, Knox, who is um, also very young. I, I made a joke, but kind of true. It seems like uh, the Knicks felt bad that they missed out on Kentucky's Fox last year, so they thought they'd make up for it by going with Kentucky's Knox this year. So, I don't know what I expect from Knox. I don't expect much. I'm, I know you're not disappointed about it, uh, O'Shea, but I really was hoping for uh, Colin Sexton. Like, I, I remember saying on the podcast just, you know, what was it, a couple months ago that I, I, there's no one in the draft class that I'm excited about. Not even Luca, not any of the Bridges. I wasn't excited about anybody. 
But the more I watched Colin Sexton, the more I liked him, the more I wanted him to be a Nick. So. Um, yeah, Sexton, I think he'll be good. Um, but I think if we were going to get him, we would have traded back. And I think we could have honestly traded back and still got Knox a couple of picks later, but, you know, is what it is. Um, I think you should be excited about uh, Luca. I think he's going to be a monster. Uh, very jealous of the Mavs right now, but um, you know we'll see what happens. We shall see. Uh, another name uh, that caused a lot of uh, controversy is heading to the Knicks as well. Alonzo Trier, Arizona standout, but was caught up in all the uh, Sean Miller money and all that issue. Uh, he didn't get drafted. He's a Nick. Oh yeah, we did sign him. Yeah, um, yeah. I forgot about that. I didn't, I didn't even actually uh, catch that. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, you know, who knows what might pan out for that? I know he was a potential you know, lottery pick. Huh? He was thought of as a lottery pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. You know, there's some moral things there, but um, I don't. And I don't know his background. But let's face it: a lot of these kids are coming from like really poor backgrounds. And, you know, even having a cent of, of money like that is, is life-changing for them. That's money they can get now. They don't have to worry about being uh, injured and losing out on all of their potential earnings. So let me, let me ask all of you here, and I, I want everyone to answer. When you were 18, did you make stupid decisions? Yes. Well, understatement. No, I was a saint. How dare you? Okay. <laughs> Alonzo Trier took money at the age of 18 if you were 18 would you have taken the money yeah. yeah yes I consider myself a good person I don't know about you guys I consider myself a good person I would have taken the money alright what you do when you're 18 unless you've killed somebody or something that serious shouldn't define who you are Especially when you have the chance to grow. Well, that's why he was available to be able to be signed. You're going to see what you get now. you got to find out, is this was this poor decision-making by an 18-year-old, or is this more what his character will continue to be? That's going to be the question, and that's what the Knicks are willing to gamble by signing him rather than drafting him. And it's... Not it's a low-risk, high-reward type situation. I don't I don't mind the signing at all. No, because it doesn't cost anything. You didn't have to give up a pick. You just, oh, come to camp for a few minutes. <laughs> Please. All right. Yeah. Um, the other uh, pick that the Knicks took was, uh, was Mitchell Robinson. Um, I really like that pick. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about him before the pick, but he, uh, he can hit three, three-pointers. Um, he looks like he's uh, he's pretty beastly in the post, and he's got a he's got another seven foot wings wingspan. So we now have four young prospects with seven foot wingspans, which is nice. Isn't he like six four with a seven foot wingspan? No, I don't think so. I think he's um. Uh, let me see. There was one player uh, in the I'll, draft. I'll there was one player in the draft that was like six four with like a seven two wingspan. That was, uh, oh man, who was that? They had like a whole, 
a whole thing about that. And they had a similar thing with like Mo Bamba. They showed that his wingspan is like seven ten or something like that. Something incredible. Crazy. That's absolutely nuts. Right. But um I don't know. This kid he, he didn't go to college, so we don't have much to go off of to see right. to see him in um in action. He went to a prep school IMG Academy, uh, which is like a premier prep school, but you still gotta for me to be able to buy into something, I've gotta see what they can do against the same level of talent. So Well yeah, well I mean Again, they saw something, so there's there's got to be enough to believe that he can help in some way. And, you know, was who are the Knicks to say now? Was he the one that uh, had originally committed to Western Kentucky, had an issue with Western Kentucky, went wanted to go to like Old Dominion or something, uh, and then decided to go back to Western Kentucky, but before classes started, disenrolled. Um, yeah, something, something definitely weird happened at Western Kentucky. Um, they went really hard to, to recruit him. They hired, uh, like his, uh, like a family member or something of his. His cousin is an assistant coach. Right. Um, and then, uh, that person retired, um, and that's when he apparently packed up all his stuff and left. Um, he was suspended for violating team rules after he told them that he didn't want to go there anymore. And uh, he was allowed to try and go to another school, but decided to go back to Western Kentucky and then ultimately decided to forego college altogether. Um, what I'm hearing is that a lot of people think that he would have um, had to redshirt if he stayed in college and had to and would have had to stay an extra year instead of one and done. Um, so I kind of get just at that point saying screw it. And he looks like he's just like, you know, could have a, a ton of potential. Like he looks like he's, he's the type of player that could have been, you know, up in, up in there, like up in a borderline lottery pick um, had he played in college. So We'll see. It's, it's one of those, you know, you're just, uh, it's, the, it's the second round, you're just kind of swinging, and uh, you don't know what you're going to hit. The second round is full of foreigners, right? Um, they can be, because, you know, it's, the NBA draft is so, you know, such a small amount of people, you know, hundreds of people get drafted in the NFL draft. It's like, you know, under 100 get drafted in the NBA draft. Yeah, 60. Uh-huh. Two rounds of 30 each, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Well, I'll have to see from the Knicks picks. I'm not upset about them. I, I just... I I wanted Colin Sexton. I would have been fine moving back to get him because I saw three things in him that I really liked. One, he played intelligent. You know, he wasn't like Trey Young just jacking up stupid shots. Two, his work ethic was insane. The fact that he didn't, you know, physically or mentally give up in that game against Minnesota uh, when pretty much everyone except for him and one other person started a fight, that also shows maturity. He was mature enough to back away and not get involved in that fight. Uh, And then five on two, they almost came back to beat Minnesota. 
All right. And three, he's extremely talented. All right. So his intelligence, work ethic, maturity, and talent, that's just a winning combination for me. And I really wish the Knicks, like I said, even if they had moved back, had done something to get him. Well, you don't. No, he's a Cavalier now. So you can move on. All right. So, so your, your prediction is that Sexton's going to have a very good, good career. My prediction is that, is that Luca will. See, uh, see what happens. Um, as far as Mitchell Robinson, I, I, yeah, he's seven footer with a with a seven four wingspan. He's a he's a big man. He's a center, um, and he's described as a very athletic big man, and he can run the floor, which is huge. Um, he averaged in high school. He averaged twenty five points a game, twelve rebounds a game. And six blocks a game. So, Average six blocks a game? <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty good. Damn! Um, I mean, admittedly, that's high school, and he was probably like a foot uh, like taller than a lot of his competition, but um, still pretty pretty uh, impressive. Uh, and he's uh, he's apparently really good at tracking balls to the high point for... Uh, for Ali Oops, so you know I could I could see some fun with him on the floor, especially because you know even with these you know potentially good players in the future, the Knicks are are not going to be good this year. So maybe that'll be a that'll be the treat we get to watch is the fourth quarter. You know they're just putting all the all the young guys in and just tossing Ali Oops. So how big is the Knicks lineup going to be next year? You know you got him KP. Probably Enos Cantor, who said that uh, he is really enjoying Fisdale, and whether he opts out or not, New York seems like it's the place he wants to be. Uh, so you got him, KP, Enos Cantor, Michael Beasley is going to come in at some point. You got some really big guys that are going to play on that team. Uh, maybe yeah, I, mean, Baker, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Mitchell's taking the starting spot from Cantor. So if you're talking starting five, maybe you throw Knox into that starting five, and he's he was what six six nine I think or something like that. Okay. Um, maybe even taller. I, I could be wrong. He might be six ten. Um, so you got KP who's seven three, Cantor who's six eleven. Um. Uh, Frankie is, I think, six. He was six four. There's a rumor he grew a couple more inches, so he might be six six now. Uh, Hardaway, I think, is six seven. Hardaway six seven. I think so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got a pretty tall lineup. Um, Don't forget Joe Noah. Yeah, they're all fast, so you know it could be it could be a fun to watch team that you know. Could uh, could surprise you if you're not if you're not careful, you know. Especially, I mean, once KP's back, I think the team will be a lot different, and you know that's when they'll start to find their flow. But that's not going to happen this year. And if it does, it's very late in the year. Yeah, yeah, he might come back in like February, but at that point, you're not really pushing him. You know, you're not going to be making playoffs, so why would you risk your your star? No, I mean with KP, if he doesn't come, if if he's ready, if he's good, like November, then play him a little. Uh, it will play him. 
if he's not coming back to like February and he wants to play, get him five minutes a game as like a rehab. Like I want you to go there, yeah. go out there at like sixty percent speed and just play basketball. So, or the best, put him on the G League roster, and when he's ready, let him play G League. What is with you in the G League tonight? <laughs> there's no reason to have him. If that's the case, there's no reason to have him. We'll risk it anyway. You're not competing I mean, for anything. The Knicks aren't making the in playoffs next year. No, no. I'm saying if he feels like he needs to play to get back into shape, let him play with those that he's clearly better than. Let him do that for his rehab. Like when Justin Verlander pitches in double A. There's no reason for him to do that. Just let him go out there and feel good for a couple of games and then come back and dominate. That's what I'm saying. Just like rehab starts. Yeah, I guess that would be the best that you could really hope for. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to like leave that up to him if he's willing to do it, though, too, because you don't want to... You don't want to uh, eliminate your star player like that, your franchise player. If uh, if he like considers that an insult or something. Yeah, well, maybe. But if if he feels like you know what, I don't think I'm going to be of any value to the team. Maybe he is nice enough to say, "Don't waste my spot this year. Just put me G League. Just let me get a couple of rehab games, or just keep him out entirely." I don't know. But, um... The draft. Back to the draft. Because that's what we're talking about. Anything else notable from the draft? I mean... Watching... The the Sixers pick was kind of surprising. Because you had the whole celebrating with Bridges and his mom working for the HR department in Philadelphia. And talking about how excited she's going to be. To see her son at work with her. Oh, yeah. And then she he has to be like a couple <laughs> picks later for the 15th That was pick. hilarious. And they got a unprotected 2021 pick from the Miami Heat out of it. So they ended up saving about a million dollars, got an unprotected uh, first overall pick, or first round pick, and they got a player that is similar to Bridges and is a little bit rougher but has a lot of upside. Not to mention it does free them their cap space by a million dollars, like I said, to go after and hunt because they have the most cap space in the league this year. And, I mean, he's a shooter and a defender, and that's two things that Philly really does need out of outside players. They need more consistent shooting. They need... Uh, defensive players in particular. And, I mean, I don't know that he'll be in the starting lineup, but it's a a decent trade, whether it be at the hilarity of the Bridges family or not. (laughs) All right, one other thing that I forgot to mention with the draft, and I was going to do this comically, but I'm going to do this seriously. One notable player that didn't get drafted is LiAngelo Ball. And I think it's about time that LeVar realized that he is screwing his kids because LiAngelo Ball should have stayed at UCLA, should have played four years, and maybe he would have been drafted after four years. 
Because I could see if he has that same level of talent that could be in him that Lonzo has, then I, I, I just Lavar is just killing his kids, just killing them. Sure is. I feel bad for Leangelo. Okay. I feel bad for Lamelo. Okay. I feel. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't mean Leangelo doesn't you know get signed. Uh, he's. He's, I don't know. I don't think he's anything special. I don't think he's to the level of, um, what's his face on the Lakers. You know the the MVP that you always say or whatever. Lonzo. Um, <laughs> I refuse to say his name. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, LeVar is just trying to, like, put all this hype on him, and it was kind of obvious that he wasn't as good as Lonzo. He was, uh, you know, borderline NBA player at best. Um, and, you know, he could always prove us wrong, but, you know, that I don't think he's top 60 talent, and that's why he's not drafted. But he'll still work out for some teams and probably get signed. That brings us to our next segment. Dan O'Shea, you were MIA last week, but we debuted a new segment uh, called Most Likely, or whatever you want to call it. I don't have a title for it. I present two scenarios. I want you to tell me what you think is most likely. Alright? So, this is fun. They enjoyed it last week. I think you're going to enjoy it again this week. First one I've got, which is more likely? Leangelo uh, Ball starts the season on a, an NBA slash G League roster, or B, a roster for a team overseas? B, easily. B, yeah, because of uh, that whole thing that, that uh, LeVar's trying to start, that, um, the that type thing. I think it's, I think it's probably going to start, um, you know, on foreign soil. So, uh. Because he wanted to do that development league that's like, you know, better than college because it actually pays the players, which is not, I didn't think that was a terrible idea as much as, you know, I, I get impatient with LeVar. I, uh, I was like, you know, that would help a lot of kids that are in a financially risky situation avoid doing anything like, uh, like the next new player. <laughs> yeah, Alonzo Trier. Yeah. So Dan Beebe. B. B? Okay. Uh, which is most likely, Kawhi Leonard A plays for the Spurs, or B plays for any other team in the Western Conference? Oh, Western Conference makes it interesting because the Spurs do not want to let him into the Western Conference. All reports are saying they're trying to get him into the East, and it's going to be tough because he apparently really wants to play for the Lakers. Given the fact that the Spurs have control in this situation, my answer to that question is A. Because he can't afford not to play for him. Or maybe he could, but that's almost two years of you not playing at all. But it's a guaranteed contract. That's fine. But how much do you think you're going to keep getting another contract or a guaranteed contract or people are going to want to be trading for you when you're not playing? That's a good point. No matter what, he's definitely going to play. Um, I don't see them to. trading him in the West anywhere. Yeah, he has to to prove it, that he still has value. 
teams are willing to, as Tony said, teams are willing to risk it this year. But if he didn't play next year, he's not looking at anything near a max. Um, that being said, uh, I am going to go with any other team in the West because I think the Spurs are going to look at the reality of the situation and say, you know, hey, we might as well get something for him rather than just let him walk next year. That's a, that's a good point. I'm on uh, board with you, Dan O'Shea. What do you think, Dan Beebe? Same. So you think he's going to play for a team in the Western Conference other than the Spurs? Yep. Okay. I think the uh, this is going to sound really funny. I think there's going to be a team that the Spurs don't see as a threat and trade to them. Like, what, the Kings or something. Just get, like, their, their you know, first-round pick or whatever, and maybe a player. But even with Kawhi, the Kings are not going to be a threat. So why not? Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they'd obviously get more value from someone like the Lakers, um, who, you know, would be somewhere that Kawhi would be willing to do, like, a sign-and-trade. Um because he, uh, if he goes to the Kings, I doubt he wants to do a sign and trade. He's just gonna tell them, you know, no, <laughs> like trade me for a year, and then, you know, I'm moving on elsewhere. And the Kings are gonna know that, so they're not gonna want to uh, give up very much. I think what the most likely scenario is, though, is that the Spurs are hoping the Knicks and the Celtics show real interest. So. Yeah, I, I would. I would love to see him on the Knicks. I don't see it happening, but I would love it. I had seen a, an article that had like three realistic trades the Knicks could make to get Kawhi Leonard, and it was uh, Frank Nealakina, uh, a pick, and Tim Hardaway, which I'd be okay with. I'd be okay yeah. with that. Um, I don't know if you guys went over the trade that just came in today. Uh, Clippers are trading Austin Rivers to the Washington Wizards for Gortat. Yeah, yeah, we we briefly mentioned that. The news. Doc Rivers selling his son. That's that's great. <laughs> I love that. I love he's not, that. I mean, he, he doesn't have GM functions anymore. He's he's just the coach again, so I'm sure he you know probably yeah, didn't yeah. have a part in this. But I'm still gonna say it. I'm you know if I ever see him, I'm gonna be like, you sold your boy. How could you do that? <laughs> what are you saying, Tony? I, I mean, the NBA's a business, and I, like I said, I, didn't, I don't think that he had a say in it, but it is kind of funny that they're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to dump, get rid of your son here, get Gortat. You okay with that? No? Well, it sucks to be you, coach the team. No, Marcin Gortat's not bad. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm surprised that, uh, that, uh, the uh, the Hornets didn't go for him, considering he's a he's a tall white center, and they seem to love those. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't hate this trade. I think uh, Rivers is actually kind of uh, decent now. You know, he used to he used to not be, but now he's you know he's I'd say an average guard, good three point shooter, um, and Gortat's you know nothing too special. And uh, the Clippers have a ton of. Uh, Ton of guards makes sense for them to get rid of one, and uh, you know someone needs to back up John Wall. So I don't, I don't hate this uh, at all. 
No, I, I think it's a, a decent trade for both parties. Um, I prefer Marcin Gortat. I think he's uh, a good player. So if I had to pick a winner, I'd say it would probably be the Clippers getting him. But either way, it's a pretty, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Low on the important scale trade. Yeah, no, it's just... It's, Bottom rung of the ladder. It's just... <laughs> it's nice to see yeah. movement and things happening. Exactly. All right. So, um, going back to uh, going back to what we were saying before... Uh, I'm sorry. The first one, I didn't give my opinion. I think the opposite of you guys. I think LiAngelo Ball does appear, or does start the season, on a G League roster. There's... No. Or on a like ten day contract. No. I think it's gonna happen. No. I think so. There are NBA executives that said he wouldn't be good enough to be drafted in a G League draft. <laughs> there are also um, I I would say he probably does both, honestly. His he might just have enough name power, but I did say they, there was a leaked video of one of his workouts and he was just he was uh, four for twenty for three. He was not great, yeah. <laughs> no. Anyways, let's move on. What's more likely, LeBron signed with an Eastern Conference team or a Western Conference team? Western. You think Eastern, you think Western. Yep. Dan O'Shea. Uh, I'll go Eastern. Okay. I agree. I think Eastern. I think he's a Philadelphia 76er. I mean, I understand the reason why he would go west. I just have, like, because that allows you to say, well, any team I go to, you know, I can bring them not just to the the, uh, playoffs, but potentially to the finals. But why take the risk in a division that's so much more difficult when you've struggled even in the east in the first round against the Pacers. Why go to a team in the West where you may run into either Houston, where you're going to get either one of them, Houston or Golden State, at some point during the playoffs before you even get to the Western Conference Finals, most likely? Exactly. Exactly. Does it make it easier once you've got, if you can get past all that, to win another championship? Yes. But there's the reality that you may fall short of even making the finals. I think most likely it's going to be the Eastern Conference. But I can see, Dan Beebe, where you're coming from. Because if Lakers. LeBron and Paul George meet up with the Lakers, I could see LeBron saying, this is enough. I can do this. And actually put up a good fight with uh, Alonzo, who is learning how to play uh, the point guard position with Kyle Kuzma, with Brandon Ingram, and then you bring in Paul George, you got LeBron James. I, I could see this being a team that LeBron would want to play on. But I think it's going to be an Eastern Conference team. I think he's going to Philly. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Philly too. Um, I still think Lakers are, are certainly a, a destination that he's considering. Um but if, if I were him, I would go to Philly. So that's that's what I'm basing that on. Yeah, I mean, he's playing, if he goes to Philly, he's playing with the next phenom of the NBA, Joel Embiid. I mean, 
I think Joel Embiid is the next face of the NBA, honestly. I mean, he's certainly making a case for himself, that's for sure. But I think uh, I think Eastern Conference, Dan Beebe thinks Western, the, other, the two of you think Eastern Conference. Dan O'Shea, this one's more for you. Um, as we, uh, as I had mentioned yesterday on our, uh, group chat, John Tavares looking to get out of the Islanders. Is he more likely to sign with the Dallas Stars or the Tampa Bay Lightning? Um, I think more likely the Lightning, um, because they are a team considered on the cusp. You know, they were almost there. They're almost into the final last year, and Tavares could, you know, be the, the player they need to get there this coming year. Um, so that's why I think I think for Tavares it makes sense to go to Lightning. However, financially, he'd make a killing uh, going to Dallas. I don't know that the Lightning can give him as much. It seemed like the Stars, the Stars were the first team. They were scheduled to meet with him twice. The, his first meeting and his last. So to me, that says he's interested in playing in Dallas, which yeah. right? which makes me go, woo! I don't think he's coming back to the Islanders. I don't think so either. He's not going to the Rangers. Yeah, I just I just have a feeling that he does not want to. Would you? Um, I mean, I hate the Islanders, so no. But <laughs> no, you have to play sixteen games in the Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I really liked, uh, you know, speaking of hockey briefly, uh, the Rangers pitch, uh, Keandre, um, I can't believe I'm forgetting his last name, but, uh, young D-man that can play like a forward, um, really excited for this kid, so, just, uh, wanted to briefly mention that, I know hockey draft wasn't always as, uh, you know, doesn't get the coverage of the NBA draft. It's because you can't pronounce more than 80% of the names. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, but anyways, you guys can answer if you want. John Tavares, more likely to sign with Dallas or Tampa Bay? I'd say Tampa Bay. All New Yorkers retire in Florida, so Tampa Bay. That being said, <laughs> because they have so much money available to them, I do hope that Las Vegas takes a swing. Wow. <laughs> Throwing the swerve. They've got a lot of money. They have a ton of money that they can spend. And, I mean, you know, first year in here, we were the Stanley Cup. Why don't you come play? See if we can win that thing. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. All right. We've only got, uh, only got a few more here. That's what I was thinking personally when I heard that he wasn't going to be in the Islanders. Then again, my, actually, my, I'm sorry. My first thought was, I don't want to play for the Islanders anymore. And I went... No shit. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Who does want to play for the Islanders? Yeah, you could have been like, I'm looking at other teams, and everyone would have been like, okay. that's understandable. Even, even the Islanders would have been like, we figured. Yeah, well, no, no shit. Uh, I love playing for the Islanders. Do you really? Because we don't even like owning the Islanders. <laughs> um, but uh, we only got three more here. Next one, more likely that the Celtics trade... Gordon Hayward or Kyrie Irving? Mm, Hayward. You think Hayward? Yeah. 
I think um, I'll let you guys go first, and I'll tell you what I think. Hayward, Irving, who's more likely to be traded by the Celtics. Now this is assuming that they go for this trade for LeBron. For anything. Um, if they were going to trade one versus the other, probably Hayward. I don't see them trading either, though, but I would say Hayward would be the one they want to trade more than anything else. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, Hayward is the more tradable one. Um, possibly even if that that were for LeBron, like I know you know Kyrie might get annoyed that you know he went to be his own star and there's LeBron, but uh, the fit would just be like too good to to let go, you know. Um, if I'm uh, Danny Ainge, so I think I think Hayward. I'm gonna go opposite. I think Kyrie. I think specifically for the trade of Kawhi Leonard. San Antonio says, we'll give you Kawhi, but we want someone that can run the floor in his place. And I would trust Kyrie to run the floor more than Gordon Hayward. If you're taking a swing like that, I see where you're saying it. But I think that, like we said, Hayward's the more tradable option. If they had a choice of who they'd want to trade. I mean, if you it's also got to think the injury... Mm-hmm. Who's yeah. more tradable after that? Yeah, but, you know, you may not get a lot for them, but if they're going to trade one of them, I don't think they want to trade either one of them. But if they're going to, it seems like they could shop around, maybe not get a ton back, but something for Gordon Hayward. Hey, versus... boss. boss, we got to get rid of one of these two. Who are we going to trade? Uh, it's pretty obvious. Get rid of the flat earther. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think it's I think it's Kyrie. You guys, I mean, it may be Kyrie too because the guy could be like, "This is Boston. They eat up white basketball players here." You know how many jerseys we're selling? I mean, it's like the Boston is like the most racist sports city in the country. Yeah, it, yeah, it's got a history of supposedly being racist. You say history, I say present. Wow, well, that's the big. <laughs> The most racist city in the country being Boston, I have sports. very high doubts of. Most racist about, sports but, uh, city. I still have high doubts about, but uh, but yeah, they definitely have a little bit of a checkered past. Just uh, very likely just because of some bad apples, but um, but yeah, not something you want to see. Makes the rest of the fan base look look horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean. I hate Boston anyway, so... You so know. it works. <laughs> Alright, two more guys, and then we really got to get moving, because it is... It's getting late already. We've taken a whole lot of time on this. Uh, more likely, Knicks find a way to trade Joe Kim Noah, or Knicks cut Joe Kim Noah. Uh, I, say, I say they find a way to trade for him. Don't expect more than a bag of nuts. Yeah, yeah. I think trading him is kind of a pipe dream. Um, at least this year. Maybe next year he'd be an expiring that we could get rid of for for something. But uh, might be able to trade him for like a third round pick or something. <laughs> Those don't exist. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Basically, for a team that you know can, so they can just hit the minimum on the salary. Um, <laughs> the Oakland A's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. 
Um, I think I think it's cut. I think more likely they cut him than find a way to trade him. I mean, it's Jeff. definitely a real possibility. All right. Cut. And the last one here, which is more likely, the Chargers, A, trade for Rob Gronkowski, or B, bring back Antonio Gates? Bring back Antonio Gates. They're cheap as shit. They're never going to go out and try and get Gronk. That's impossible. No. Trick question. There you go. <laughs> no way. No way. I think they bring back Antonio Gates. What do you guys think? Dan so, O'Shea and Dan Beebe. Safe bets. Antonio Gates. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go Gates. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That I was, was going to be like Philip River or something, but uh, never mind. That, that, was, that was fun, guys. That's it for... Uh, we got to come up with a good name for that because it deserves better than just uh, what's more likely title. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, speaking of titles, I think the best title to have is most valuable. Oh, Christ. And in order to be an MVP... You have to be your own biggest advocate. Baker Mayfield is just that. Baker Mayfield met Fox Sports' own resident douchebag Colin Cowpie and defended himself against criticisms that he isn't a good teammate. Cowherd showed a clip of Oklahoma scoring a touchdown and Baker walking away from his team, uh, to which Mayfield said... I feel like you're going for the fact that I'm not a team guy, that I'm selfish. Is that what you're is that what you're shooting for here or what? Mayfield claims that he was simply walking toward the cheerleaders, the band, and the fans to cheer with or to celebrate with them. Mm-hmm. Now, sticking up for yourself, sticking up for your fans, showing vested interest in your fans' enjoyment in the game. That is why Baker Mayfield is your 2018-2019 NFL MVP. Now, Tony. This one I do agree with you on. This, this yeah, I actually, I actually really like uh, Mayfield's response to, to Colin Cowpie. Um, you like that, Colin Cowpie? <laughs> oh, counter is a better. Ah, oh, damn it! It even rhymes. <laughs> I messed up. Can I go back, Colin Countered? Colin Countered, love mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, that's his new name. I'm creating his Twitter right now. Do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Make it. Make it a, a Twitter of, of that, and then just like I'm gonna just say the most outlandish like, things and, like, in sports. Yeah, I'm just going to say outlandish things about sports using it. Do it. Seriously, if you don't do that... Oh, I will. I'm going to be disappointed. Oh, I will. You can make multiple Twitter accounts. I'm well aware. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so, Tony, it's become or it's come to my attention that there may or may not be a specific family that you really want to go off on right now. We actually brought them up earlier today. And it's the Ball family. And not necessarily the entire family... Specifically, LeVar. Listen, if you want to be a businessman, that's fine. If you want to have these ideas like a developmental league that actually kind of makes sense, which wasn't really your original idea, it was actually already being talked about by Ice Cube and a couple of other people before you, so basically you just jack somebody else's shit, you massive liar. But I can't stand this moron 
getting on TV every time he gets an opportunity to and saying the most ridiculous crap that I've ever heard a human say in his entire life. First of all, it's obnoxious that you thought you could beat Jordan. It's obnoxious that you even think that you're an athlete, if that's what you want to call those stats. And then you have the nerve to... Like, he's drinking a fucking bottle of water that has the Big Baller brand logo on there. And he, he just randomly in there, in his interview with Shannon Sharp and... Um, oh, what's that asshole? Skip Bayless... They're in an interview, and he just brings up, he's like, I'm about getting that water. What are you talking about, dude? You just put a label on a bottle. People have been selling water forever. Go Look up Poland Springs, you douche. Like, I can't stand <laughs> the things that come out of his mouth. Like, he's on the show specifically to talk to them about the potential of LiAngelo Ball on there. I watched the entire interview. LiAngelo said six words. Six. Six. And he's sitting here talking about, I'm going to get my kids together because I'm going to buy a team in the NBA. You know what the B's stand for? Billions, billions, billions. I would be surprised if you don't have maybe a couple million off of an obnoxious deal that you've had. Not to mention, I don't know how much those shoes are costing you to make because you can't seem to get them out on time. So obviously you don't really know how businesses are supposed to be run. The only one of the balls that I can even stand is Lonzo because he shuts the hell up. Leandro is too busy going and getting arrested in China, going back home, getting saying he's leaving UCLA, which, like you said earlier, four years he might have actually been good enough to be drafted or at least signed after the draft, rather than right now he might as well be untouchable. Trump's more likable in NBA teams than Leandro right now, and that's impossible. <laughs> But LeVar needs to shut the hell up about his kids. And if he knew what was good for him, what really drives me nuts is the fact that you have now made yourself into trying to get fame off of leeching off of your kids, which I have a huge problem with any parent who tries to do that. I have a huge problem with parents who get too upset at Little League games. Don't try and make your kids something that you need them to be so that you can be f- feel better about the crap life you've produced so far. Shut up. Try and run your business. If you want to do certain sound bites, fine. But don't do it through trying to exploit your kids because your life was garbage. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, I've come up with a name for this. Can, can, we, can we see if we like this? Tony's I Can't Rant. Yeah, that's fine, because it's a lot of times I can't deal with the fact that... Look, the other thing I want to make a point is there, is this man needs to know that he is the male version of a Kardashian, but he did less to get there. (laughs) At least Kim Kardashian put in work in a movie. (laughs) You literally let your kids do all the work for you. The most talented thing about him is his sperm. <laughs> Tony. I heard that was actually uh, Kim Kardashian's comeback. Oh. oh. Wait, no, it was just it was just something on her back. Okay, never mind. I understand how you could be misinterpreted, but again, at least at least she worked for that to happen. This guy just squirted him out of himself, and that's been the most successful thing about him in his entire life. That's great. Love it. Tony, again. And now he's screwing up his children's lives. 
Like, Lonzo made it because he was able to avoid the disaster that was his father until he was able to be drafted. These two kids never had a chance. Those poor bastards. <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I got to bring LeVard out. Um, I got, I, I bought 2K18. Uh, oh, is he and, in it? Uh, he's not, like, in it heavily, but, like, you, you're, you do, like, this my player thing where, you know, you're, uh, a young new NBA person, and uh, he texts you, oh, and he texts yes. you ridiculous Lavar-sounding things. <laughs> so like it was kind of funny, but I'm also just like, like really, this guy's even on 2K. Like, and the sad thing is, this interview happened about a month ago, but I just caught wind of it through an article of like two days ago. And the main reason is, I hate him so much that I try and avoid watching him on any platform because I feel that's empowering his nonsense, and I refuse to Google him because I don't want his name getting clicked by my computer. I don't even want him to have that click. And that is Tony's I Can't Rant of the Week. All right. <laughs> Christ. All right. So now we're going to move on to my personal favorite part of the episode, Sports Tweets of the Week. All right. All right, and we're going to start with NBA on ESPN. They tweeted a photo, what could have been for the Nets? The all-Nets traded away team. Draft picks traded away by Brooklyn. Starting point guard, Damian Lillard. Starting shooting guard, Colin Sexton. Starting small forward, Jalen Brown. Starting power forward, Kyle Kuzma. Starting center, Draymond Green. Oh. Those are all picks oh, that, that they traded away. That went positionally and, like, ouch, uh, like, you know, your soul in the same order. That went, like, point guard, shooting guard, like, ouch, but, like, not that crazy. And then, like, after that, it just got worse and worse and worse. Right? Right? Isn't that... That's great. That's... That that sums up a, Nick, or a Nets fan existence right there. Exactly. That's Jets-Mets level. Yeah. Nets, Jets, Mets. If your team is in New York and ends in Ets, they're dysfunctional. That's that's just how it is. I mean, in fairness, the best advice I can give to any of those fans of those teams is curb your enthusiasm. Because this may not be as good as you think. All right. Until results are shown, don't get too excited. It's like the way that most Mets fans now or Bills fans take it. Oh, they start off the season good to begin with? Let's wait to see how this plays out. Until we're guaranteed a spot, I believe nothing. Exactly. All right, we're going to move on. Until Next you tweet. Limp in the playoffs. Was that? Until you limp in the playoffs. Exactly. Even that's considered a success. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Next tweet coming from Adam Harstad. Receiving yards after age 40. 2,509, Jerry Rice. Zero, literally everyone else except Brett Favre. Negative two, Brett Favre. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that list. Wasn't Brady, like, number eight with 36 receiving yards? Uh, He very well could be. I mean, he's been there so many damn times you'd think he would be. Right. Actually, you'd think he'd have more. Oh, he would have. He just dropped the ball. Yeah. Literally last Super Bowl. 
Right. And then the Philadelphia Eagles were in the exact same play and scored. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the How next. How did Belichick not see that coming, by the way? Like, you ran that play uh, earlier in the game. I don't know. But uh, the next two are from the same Twitter account, Fake Sports Center. First, they tweeted, Breaking, LeVar Ball has announced that he is suing all 30 NBA team owners for collusion after his son, Leangelo, was not taken in the NBA draft. That sounds like it could be a real headline. Right. <laughs> uh, but the better one, Fake Sports Center, Delonte West about to come out of retirement after seeing Luka Doncic's mom at the NBA draft. <laughs> oh, that's just wrong. Yeah, that's unfair to LeBron's mom. It's not what I meant, but okay. Oh, oh. (laughs) we all remember Delonte West is LeBron's daddy, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. Supposedly. Yep, not supposedly, for real. All right. The next one, at NFL, tweeted, Longtime official Gene Steratore retires. Cardboy. Yes, the, you will know him uh, from two very famous incidences. One involving an index card. The other involving him being stupid and not recognizing that Des Bryant actually caught the ball. Was he also the referee that was there for the tuck roll? He was on the team, but he wasn't the ref. Yeah, but, but he was, was still there. Mm, yeah. We need to add all this up. I need to go back and watch any game this man has had a hand in. Because it's questionable. <laughs> All right. In response to that, Thomas Carson, whose Twitter handle is at BuffaloBill95, tweeted, Patriots losing key players left and right. That is wonderful. <laughs> this is the, he's the third referee to retire in the last eight weeks. Patriots aren't going to be able to have a team. No. No. They go under 500 now. All their best players have left. That's a good point. This one's a little bit older than uh, than this past week, but it just came to my attention yesterday, so it got added in. Faux John Madden tweeted, Well, at least Demarius Randall won't have to buy millions of jerseys. Hashtag NBA Finals. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why he made the bet. I mean, it was pretty safe. Yeah. All right. The next two are coming from the same guy. And it's our good friend, Blake Bortles Facts. Blake Bortles Facts first tweeted, Blake Bortles only needs 16,946 rushing yards in week one against the Giants to become the NFL's all-time leading rusher. Interesting. (laughs) Only 16,946 rushing yards to go. That's it. Only. All right. And (laughs) Dan Orlovsky... Uh, the second one, Blake Bortles Facts, retweeted NFL's tweet. Uh, Dan Orlovsky ranked the quarterbacks of the AFC South. To which Blake Bortles responded, Blake Bortles has never run out of the back of the end zone or started for a team that went 0-16. <laughs> He's right. I do remember him doing that stupid UConn alum. Yep. The second thing he tweeted, Blake Bortles playoff wins in 2018. Alone, two. Or 2018 alone, two. Dan Orlovsky wins over 13 seasons. Two. And Blake Bortles only needed 17 games to throw 15 touchdown passes. Dan Orlovsky, 13 seasons. 
<laughs> okay, first of all, funny that Blake Bortles is going in. Secondly, fluffing himself up a little bit. Two playoff wins in 2018. Bro, that's the first time you've been there. There's Blake Bortles facts. It's not actually Blake Bortles. I, I, I know, but it's the first time he's been there. Let's relax. Not to mention, Olofsky was a backup. He was drafted in like the 12th round, okay? Blake Bortles was a first-round draft pick. High. Okay? <laughs> That's the problem. He was high. No. It wasn't <laughs> tonsil. Relax. Okay. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Although, I bet you're wishing now the Giants had taken the risk. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, I want... The Cowboys should have hang on him. <laughs> he's he's he awesome. would have been a perfect fit. What's that supposed to mean? It's what you guys do. Oh, says the team who's... Best player of all time, you know, had a really bad coke problem and utilized the services of underage prostitutes. Listen, yeah, there. this happened throughout time. Your owner of your team might as well be the warden from The Longest Yard. <laughs> he might be. He looks just like him, too. He might be. The new one. Okay. The newer Longest Yard with Adam Sandler as a football player, which is barely believable. Anyways... We got to move on because we're running out of time. Uh, <laughs> NFL tweeted top ten quarterbacks 2018: one Tom Brady, two Aaron Rodgers, three Drew Brees, four through ten, and then you click the link. It's one of those stupid things. Uh, at Brian Paul Martin said best ever, best in my book. Troy Aikman. <laughs> As a Cowboys fan, like Troy Aikman wasn't even the best Cowboys quarterback. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> someone obviously has a bias here. Yeah, is that that's got to be Troy Aikman's burner account? Gotta be. Probably, yeah. It's, it's probably operated by his wife. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And our last one here, <laughs> Bleacher Report tweeted: Is Mo Bamba better than Giannis? At Giannis underscore an thirty four says, Hell no. <laughs> Good for Giannis. Yep. Good old, uh, good old Greek freak. I will say that if there was, I mean, Mo Bamba's a pretty sweet name if you're going to be a pro athlete. It certainly is. All right. Guys, now we're going to spend the last, what is it, like 20-some minutes we have when... I don't even think it's, it's going to take us 20 minutes to do 10 this. 10 minutes. We have 10 minutes. <laughs> All right, uh... The Sun Belt Conference, because college football is coming up. The Sun Belt was supposed to be the focus of the episode, but we blew that. <laughs> or did we save it? We, we because, I mean, if we were talking about the Sun Belt for the majority of this, it would have been a lot of dead air. Probably. Uh, so, some, some things to keep in mind about the Sun Belt. There have been some changes, some big changes in the Sun Belt. From last season to this Never mind season. the fact that no one, most of you people have probably never heard of it. Uh, this year, the Sun Belt will begin divisional play. They'll have two divisions. The East will comprise of Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and Troy. And the West will be Arkansas State, Louisiana Lafayette, Louisiana Monroe, South Alabama, and Texas State. Uh, two teams that were with the Sun Belt last season are not with them this year. New Mexico State has decided to be independent because that's going to help them win a championship. Uh, and Idaho has been relegated to FCS. 
You're so bad. You've been told to go play with the lessers. <laughs> go play with the lessers. Uh, and furthermore, don't act like New Mexico State becoming independent is going to in any way affect their chances to make a national championship. No, that's that's what I was saying. Because you're not going to win the national championship. Yeah, because God forbid they didn't have. Or God forbid they didn't have the backing of the Sun Belt Conference. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so last year, this if is how that the, was the case. I would probably just ask to be regulated too. Yeah, uh, you oh, win a title there. Uh, Idaho is going to be in the Big Sky Conference. Big Sky is one of the better FCS conferences, so we'll see how they do there. But um, yeah, of course they should be there. They were for a long. They were playing, and I say playing loosely against teams that were much more talented than anything that's usually in the FCS. Typically, <coughs> typically yes. <coughs> um, but the Big Sky and. Uh, Colonial Athletic Association are commonly thought of as the the two best conferences in FCS. They've produced many national champions such as Villanova, um, James Madison just last year, Mm -hmm. um, Montana, uh, what's the uh, the other one there that Carson wants to play for? North Dakota State. They're all big sky. um, Or CAA. So those are the two big conferences Anyways, the Sun Belt broke down like this last season. Troy had the best record at eleven and two, went seven and one in conference. Uh, Appalachian State second, nine and four, went seven and one in conference. Uh, Arkansas State went seven and five overall, six and two in conference. Georgia State seven and five overall, five and three in conference. New Mexico State went seven and six overall, four and four in conference. Louisiana Lafayette went five and seven overall, four and four in conference. Louisiana Monroe four and eight overall, four and four in conference. South Alabama went four and eight overall, three and five in conference. Idaho went four and eight overall, three and five in conference. Coastal Carolina, Tony's favorite college, uh, went so good. went three and nine overall, two and six in conference play. Georgia Southern. 2-10 overall, went 2-6 in conference play. And Texas State went 2-10 overall, 1-7 in conference play. So for those of you who couldn't tell, this is why I ranked the Sun Belt as the least, um, as the worst conference in college football. They're fucking pathetic. That is being nice. Of Outside of Troy. Troy's not pathetic, Troy's just bad. And every once in a while, Appalachian State pulls up a major upset. No, yeah, so Troy, Appalachia State, Arkansas State, uh, those are the cream of the crop of the Sun Belt. And realistically should be playing in, like, Conference USA, which is a better conference. Um, but there, there's not much positive to say about the Sun Belt, which is why we're not dedicating a whole lot of time to them. Next week we're going to be talking about Conference USA and the MAC. Uh, to significantly better but still not very good conferences. Um, That's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, they tied for, I guess it would be, seven. Because you got seven, seven, and nine. Uh, anyways, uh, key wins coming out of the Sun Belt. We did say that there are three teams that are worth having in the Sun Belt, and they are... Arkansas State, Troy, and Appalachian State. And Troy just went on an absolute tear 
when it comes to playing out of conference. Week four, they beat Akron 22-17. I get it, Akron's not a perennial powerhouse in football, but they're in a, a better conference. Uh, the real big win for Troy came in week five when they beat number 25 LSU 24-21. Um, and then LSU went on to beat Syracuse. Uh, so by proxy, Troy beat Syracuse. But um, anyways, in the Bulls, the Bulls season, they actually did pretty decent as a conference. Troy defeated North Texas 50-30. to uh, Georgia State beat Western Kentucky 27-17. to Appalachian State defeated Toledo, who plays in the MAC, 34 to nothing. And New Mexico State beat Utah State uh, 26-20. Now, there are some... Usually in conferences, there are key losses. Sunbelt just really doesn't have any key losses. It's Their losses are key losses. Them being in their conference is a key loss. Now, they did lose a couple of quote-unquote key players. Uh, the earliest player that they had drafted went in the fourth round. Tracy Walker from Louisiana Lafayette was a safety. Drafted by... Um, uh, I forgot to write down who he was drafted by. It doesn't even matter. He went fourth round. It doesn't Like, the best player in your conference, in terms of draft-wise, was drafted in the fourth round. That's pathetic. Yeah. That's pathetic. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, when you have so many other options to choose from as far as colleges. Yes, I get that. But, like, that's 32 times 4. Like, you're... There were 103 players that a team needed or wanted more than the best player in your entire conference. Yeah. <laughs> like, does this not blow anyone else's mind? Like, like what the hell? Right. Like, do you know who used to play? Do you know? Do you know who used to play in the Sun Belt? Fucking Demarcus Ware. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and how is he not higher? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it you can't. Can't base it entirely off of that as far as draft, though. New Mexico State wide receiver Jaleel Scott was drafted. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette defensive back Simeon Thomas was drafted. Uh, New Mexico State uh, running back Larry Rose was not drafted. Um, but he's a big loss because he was like 15% of the entire offense of the conference. Um, Troy running back Jordan Chun and quarterback Brandon. Like, when a quarterback is, like, one of your key losses and it's really not going to affect anything, that's a problem. Yeah, well, these are also teams that, again, Idaho, until they were booted out, was... These are teams at the bottom of this conference are most notably seen in ESPN's bottom ten. 
Yes. You're right. For those who don't know, other than a top 25, ESPN also released a bottom 10. These are the 10 worst colleges in the country. And consistently, Sunbelt conferences are there. Coastal Carolina lives on that thing. Coastal Carolina is also new to FBS, so I give them a pass. Teams like New Mexico State, who are always in the bottom 10 for 15 years. Coastal Carolina should have stuck to baseball. Ooh. Ooh. It's Myrtle Beach. You think these people are going to take football seriously? No. No. Come on. Don't grow up. Uh, there are some key returns uh, coming back. Uh, Louisiana Monroe has a quarterback in Caleb Evans, and this kid has a shot to be a very good quarterback. Uh, has a shot at actually making an NFL roster, playing in the NFL. Not just making a roster, playing in the NFL. So that is something to look forward to if you're a Sun Belt fan. Uh, Arkansas State quarterback Justice Hansen, same type of thing. Very athletic kid. He's going to be fun to watch. Um, other than that, Coastal Carolina wide receiver Malcolm Williams, uh, Arkansas State defensive back Justin Clifton, and then the the best name in the entire group, Appalachian State cornerback uh, Clifton Duck. Duck. <laughs> yeah, should be playing at Oregon, shouldn't he? You'd think. Yeah. But if he's playing at Appalachian State, there's a reason he's not playing for Oregon. I mean, Oregon was pretty shitty a couple years ago. So, yes, but sorry, O'Shea. They're not pack. They're they're not sunbelt shitty. <laughs> All right. Uh, we really don't have much more to say about the sunbelt. My mom Dude. always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Oh well, then I never heard that. Yeah, we're all screwed. Um. Uh, t- Want to guess who you think's going to win the conference? Oh, Troy. Troy? Troy. Troy? I think it's going to be Arkansas State. Arkansas State? They do have that quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think it's Troy. Uh, You think Arkansas State. If it's Troy, if it's not Troy, Appalachian State, Arkansas State, something's wrong. Go Coastal Carolina Pirates! (laughs) Coastal Carolina Pirates. I'm pretty sure that's what they are. What do you guys think? Who do you think is going to win the Sun Belt? Exactly. I'll go, I'll go Troy. Sure. Troy. That's my ultra informed opinion on this. Nice. All right. Let's see. Well, we'll all be wrong because it's going to be Appalachian State. <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> we're doing, this is where we just started. Yeah. So we'll, we're going to do the picks at the beginning. Yeah. We'll look at the, the end and no, well, weren't we wrong? Yep. So uh, we got two people saying Troy. We got two people saying Arkansas State. None of those things can be the South Alabama. What the Jaguars. hell is a Chancellor's? Chanticleers? Yeah. What the hell is that? Uh, that's uh, the. I don't know. Looks like an angry bird with a ball sack hanging off of it. <laughs> All right, and with that, we have our this week in sports history. Go Arkansas. Uh, it's not Arkansas. They're the Razorbacks. No, it's Arkansas like- State. I was looking at the, uh, yeah, I was Coastal looking, Carolina. Yeah, I don't know what that is. So Chanticleer. That, uh, what is that, like a sea wolf? What's a sea wolf? Anyways, on June 29th, 1990, A's Dave Stewart no-hits the Blue Jays and Dodgers Fernando Valenzuela no-hits St. Louis Cardinals. First time no-hitters occur in both leagues on same day. Nice. Wow. 
Interesting. I wonder, has it ever happened since? I would imagine no. That seems very difficult for it to happen. I mean, was it a perfect game? Uh, no or hitters. No hitters? Okay. Perfect games are even difficult, but no hitters are extremely rare anyway. For them to happen on the same time in different division or leagues, I can't imagine that that's ever happened again. I would venture to guess and say not. But, um... It's a name given to a rooster, especially in fairy tales, in case you were wondering. Oh, perfect. Apparently it was extremely popular at the end of the 1800s. That makes sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Anyways, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Anyways, make sure to check us out on Twitter, at DanDanTony, on Facebook, Sports. If you have an email to send us, send it to DanDanTonySports at gmail.com. Uh... <sighs> That's going to be it. I wish there was more we could have done with the Sun Belt, but the conference is absolute garbage. Next week is going to be a lot better. We have two conferences that aren't complete garbage to talk about in the MAC and the uh, Conference USA. All right. For Dan, Dan, Tony, Dan, all the fans, have a good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.